Hello, my name is Nathan, and you are listening to Silence No More. The mission of this podcast is to break the silence of domestic violence, sexual assault, and intimate partner violence. February marks Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, and for this episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about teen dating violence. I'm going to give you some definitions, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the reality of teen dating, talk about the impact that teen dating violence has on teens and the youth, and then some ways that you can help and ways that we can prevent teen dating violence from happening. Now you might be wondering, what does Nathan know about teen dating violence and teen dating? Well, Bolton Refuge House, which supports this podcast, we provide services to victims and survivors of all ages. We can assist teens with their emotional needs, their safety and resource needs, and also their legal needs. Other than my career at Bolton, I was once a teenager. We all were teenagers. We all know what it was like. I'm sure you can remember it was a very confusing time. A lot that you were figuring out about yourself, you know, what you wanted to do. Compounded with navigating a relationship. I think our education is not extremely cohesive when it comes to teaching teens about dating and relationships. But yes, I was once a teen. To start things off, first of all, a baseline definition of teen dating violence is any form of physical violence, sexual violence, threats of physical or sexual violence, psychological or emotional violence, harassment, and stalking. Teen dating violence is also sometimes called intimate relationship violence among adolescents or adolescent relationship abuse. There's a lot of factors that contribute to teen dating violence. These can be anything from individual factors, relationships, the community, and societal factors. Teen dating violence really affects all genders, races, and sexualities in our society. Although everyone is at risk, some teens are at a greater risk than others. This includes marginalized groups such as the LGBTQ plus population or communities of racial and ethnic minority groups. When we look at teen dating violence, we can look at the number of teens that are affected by it. And approximately one in three teens have experienced violence, whether it was physical, sexual, or emotional. So while not the majority of teens, an alarming percentage of them do experience teen dating violence. To understand how this happens and to have a better context for teen dating, teens today, so ages 13 to 17, approximately 35% of them have had experience in a romantic relationship. That includes teens who are in a current relationship or in a former relationship, and those who consider themselves in a serious versus less than serious relationship. This comes from the Pew Research Center in 2015. Another reality of teen dating relationships today in 2022 is that a lot of teens utilize the internet and technology to date. I think this started before my teenage years, things like MSN and texting 
was pretty pretty normal. Now it's even you know accelerated with ability for teens to connect with each other, their peers, and their relationships. Teens have a lot at their disposal and a lot within their reach as far as being able to communicate with other teens and meeting other teens. I actually had the privilege to speak with a teen who is involved with Bolton Refuge House who explained to me that um, Discord is actually a platform that she is familiar with um, some of her friends using to communicate. And I'm sure teens can use things like, um, you know, Zoom. Knowing that digital dating and online dating is a popular activity for teens, this does tie into teen dating violence as well. According to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, their specific platform for teens to reach out and call for help found an increase in calls since the start of the pandemic. So more teens calling their hotline. Additionally, the hotline saw a 101% increase in reports of digital abuse from 2019 to 2020. Not all of these were youths, but many of them were from young people. Digital abuse is a little different than teen dating violence. It is included in that umbrella, but some of the common characteristics of digital abuse include things like a perpetrator logging into or using a young person's social networking accounts without permission, sending unwanted sexual messages or pressuring a young person to send sexual or naked photos, monitoring a young person's activity or other conversations online, preventing a person from talking to friends or having conversations with anyone besides them, spreading rumors about a young person via text message, email, or social media, or posting embarrassing photos of a person online, creating a false profile page, using the victim's name to control them, threatening or harassing a young person over the phone or social media, or using GPS locators from social media platforms to stalk a young person. From the teen that I was able to talk to, um, her perspective of online dating, and she said kind of overall that dating as a teenager is just tough in general because teens are really just trying to figure out dating and trying to figure out what's important trying to figure out what's appropriate and what is not appropriate. When violence is introduced into the equation, it can really throw the teen off guard because they don't know that it's wrong and they really don't see it coming because of their lack of experience. When it comes to online dating, it's a lot easier to mentally damage someone or manipulate them and real life. And it can be because there's, you know, barriers. A teen might not be able to see certain warning signs from their abuser. When it comes to teen dating violence survivors overall, only one third of teens who were involved in an abusive relationship confided in someone and told them about the violence they were, were experiencing. Teens who have been abused really hesitate to seek help because 
a lot of reasons, but one might be that they don't want to expose themselves or they're just unaware of the laws and the support surrounding teen dating violence. It's really crucial for us to understand and to know the reality of teen dating violence and to recognize its severity because um, it can have a detrimental impact on the individual that it that it influences. It can affect their short-term and long-term health, their social and mental health, their economic health. A teen who is experiencing teen dating violence, the unhealthy relationship can start early and it can last really a lifetime. A teen that might become a victim of dating violence might begin to experience these um, kind of common effects. So they might start to behave antisocially. They might begin lying. They might begin stealing. They might become a bully or they might start hitting or becoming violent themselves. They might engage in unhealthy habits like underage smoking, drinking, and drug use. They might begin to feel mental health effects like depression, anxiety, and even have thoughts of suicide. 50% of young people who experience rape or physical or sexual abuse will attempt to commit suicide. And to me, that's a very alarming percentage. In spite of these saddening, um, you know, realities that, that teens are going through, it is possible, very possible to help teens. Though in order to assist and to provide teens with help, the first step is to know the warning signs of abuse. Because, as I just said, it is uncommon for teens to reach out and to ask for help. Teens might not say anything because they want things to get better. Or they might not even realize that they're in an abusive relationship. So some of these signs might be perceived or might really be just part of a teen's natural attitude and response. But if they happen suddenly or without really any other explanation, they might be cause for concern. These are behaviors like having difficulty in making decisions, changes in personality, becoming anxious or depressed, acting out or being secretive, avoiding eye contact, having crying jags or getting hysterical, constantly thinking about dating partners. They might have bruises, scratches, or other injuries that don't really track to like sports, sudden changes in clothes or makeup, or some of these activity changes in their behavior. So they might have changes in their grades. They might start failing their classes. They might start dropping out of school activities or groups. They might avoid their friends. They might start changing their peer groups. They might give up on activities, interests, or a family pastime that previously was important to them changes in eating or sleeping habits, or using alcohol, tobacco, or other drugs. You know, I would suggest whether you're a parent, a friend, a guardian of some kind to a teen, take these behaviors seriously, and just to talk with our teens and to 
really analyze, you know, what's going on in their world and to, to not ignore sudden changes. If you find out that a teen that you know is experiencing teen dating violence, there are many things you can do to help them. First of all, it's really important that you listen to them, give them a, a voice to speak, encourage them to speak to you or to maybe seek a professional and to really not let their experiences get brushed aside or fester. Being able to acknowledge the trauma that comes with teen dating violence and intimate partner violence is a crucial step in recovering from the abuse. Other ways that you can help teens are helping them understand their rights and their resources. One thing that we do often at Bolton Refuge House is assist people with orders of protection. A person of any age can file a harassment restraining order. Teens can file a, res- a harassment restraining order. We've helped teens do it, and it is something that can provide immense safety for that person. In addition to taking legal steps, there are numerous resources out there for teens. In the Eau Claire community, Bolton Refuge House provides services to survivors of any age. If you're not in that area, you can search for domestic abuse shelters in your area. Oftentimes, they will provide support to youth. There is a lot of online resources that you as a advocate, supporter, can use or the the teen themselves can go to. Um, loveisrespect.org is a very popular one and is a very useful one. They have a lot of education and informational resources on their website. Youth.gov has a lot of links to other resources. There you can find um, the phone number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline which is 1-800-787-3224, which will provide support for teens, of course. And then there's also the National Dating Abuse Helpline, which is 1-866-331-9474. All things that provide support and safety for teens. There are ways we can prevent the abuse from happening in the first place. The easiest way, um, you know, we can get involved as parents or other supporters is to just talk with teens around us and to let them speak about their experiences and things that they see and things that they have questions on. Having open conversations within your family, your friends, and even the children in your life about violence is a great way to just get the thought out there and to get teens thinking about these things. In addition to talking about it, we can support healthy relationships. By supporting the development of healthy and nonviolent relationships among children and teens, we can reduce the amount of individuals that experience the long-lasting effects of intimate partner violence. So being there for the teen's relationship and seeing perhaps the healthy aspects of that relationship and encouraging them and telling them that that's a good behavior. Other things we can do for teens is encourage them to create safety plans. A safety plan is a practical guide that helps lower 
a person's risk of being hurt by a potential abusive partner. It includes information specific to that individual and their life that will keep them safe. For example, loveisrespect.org has a um, fillable safety plan that kind of breaks down like physical spaces that a teen might occupy. So school, home, um, sporting events, clubs, those kind of things. And gets them really kind of thinking and planning for a potential risk that they encounter, what they can do to get to a safe place or get help before any violence or abuse happens. We can also encourage young people to, you know, especially for digital and um, online dating violence, you know, keeping secure passwords on social media pages, keeping all that information private. Start a conversation about online privacy and boundaries in relationships. During preteen years and teen years, it is critical for youth to begin learning the skills needed to create and maintain healthy relationships. These skills include knowing how to manage feelings and how to communicate in healthy ways. So teaching teens, youths, preteens, children about healthy relationships can both instill the healthy behaviors in potential perpetrators and get all teens thinking about red flags and warning signs of abuse so that they recognize those signs and can avoid the relationship and take themselves out of that situation. Other things we can do are look at influences there in our world and the worlds that teens live in. I don't think it's feasible for us to take away and censor all that teens can come across Rather than taking it away, I think we need to talk with them about how to process these things that they might come across, whether it's music, TV shows, movies. In general, just raising awareness to our teens about issues of teen dating violence is the final thing I guess I would say that we can do to prevent teen dating violence. Just making it visible and letting teens know that there are resources out there for them. One final thing I'd like to share is something that the teen that I talked to said. She wanted to tell teens to make sure to voice their feelings and opinions. If your partner doesn't respect you and your boundaries, think about how and if this relationship is benefiting you. You deserve better than someone who makes you feel less worthy of love than you are. This podcast is brought to you by Bolton Refuge House. If you or someone you know is being affected by domestic violence or sexual assault, you can contact Bolton Refuge at 715-834-9578. Our services are free and confidential. Thank you for listening and supporting our program.